Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and today I want to uh, start a short series called Divine Institutions and the Spirit of Lawlessness. And there's a battle going on right now. There's a spiritual warfare over all the nations and over every soul, every human soul. And the Bible says that as we go increasingly into the end times, this battle increases in intensity. Uh, and, and more and more the battle lines are drawn. And at the heart of this battle, is, it's the battle over truth. And the Bible talks about the truth of God, but also it talks about the lie of Satan. The lie that originated with Satan. The truth of God, of course, is that there is a God who created us and that we are accountable to him. We are under his authority. And how it goes with us depends on how we relate to his authority. The lie of Satan is the opposite. It's the denial of the truth. It basically says we are here by accident, by uh, chance processes, and therefore uh, we are not accountable to anyone. Ultimately, we are our own God. We are our own authority. And uh, we don't need to have uh, any kind of God telling us what to do. And, and that's, where the, that's at the core of the issue of, of the truth and the lie. And we need to understand the, the issue that's at the heart of the spiritual battle going on right now and to play our part in the right place and to make sure that we are on the side of the truth. Um, we're going to start with James 4.12, uh, a strong verse that, where, that says, There is one lawgiver, that is God, who is able to save and to destroy. And so this is saying that God is the source of all true authority and all law. He's the lawgiver. And he will ultimately enforce his law. Nobody can escape it because his sovereignty is over the whole world. And God's authority is expressed, his sovereignty is expressed through his government through his law. God governs this world according to his law. And the law of God is, is an expression of the authority and the government of God. And how? We're going to look into one of the major ways in, in which God actually governs this world. How does he express this authority? And a major way is that he expresses his authority through the divine institutions, which are actually spheres of delegated human authority in the earth. And so he does it through human beings uh, who carry his authority. And so his government flows through these various divine institutions where his authority is, is imparted to all of us in some ways, in different ways. And, and that's how he governs this world. And how well our life goes depends on how well we relate to those authorities. And so I want to teach through the seven divine institutions today. Um, number one, uh, and the most foundational one, uh, in a sense, the, yes, the, the fundamental one is free will. We all have authority over our own lives. Secondly is work. And uh, there are authority issues in our workplace. Three is marriage. And I'm giving them in the order in which God introduced them to the human race. 
Number three is marriage between a man and a woman. Number four is family because they, they, they have children. Uh, number five is human government. Uh, number six is the nation state. And number seven, uh, last but by no means least, is the church. And these define the realms of the delegated authority that God gives to man. And um, on the other side of this issue is the spirit of lawlessness, because opposing the spirit of God is the spirit of lawlessness. And uh, the Bible prophesies that in the end times, the spirit of lawlessness will increase in the world and even infect many in the church. So we need to understand what lawlessness is. It's not just breaking the law of God. Uh, that would be called transgression, to break the law of God, to disregard it. But it's, it's deeper than that. Lawlessness is to reject the law of God itself, to reject God's right to govern the world. We could call it rebellion. The, the rejection of authority itself. And it's a rejection of the lawgiver and his law. The, the word for lawlessness is anomia. Nomos is the law. When you put an A in front of a word in Greek, it means no. So in other words, no law. So lawlessness is the rejection of law itself. Uh, we, or anarchy, in other words. It tries to abolish the law of God. <coughs> it rejects authority. It rejects and rebels against authority. It, it, it acts as if the law was invalid and the lawgiver doesn't exist. And so the, it is the opposite spirit to God's spirit, uh, which honors authority and honors God's law. Um, the spirit of lawlessness rejects God's law and government in this world. And in particular, it rejects and tries to undermine the divine institutions. And it rejects God's right to rule. And so we need to, to recognize when it manifests itself. It doesn't just attack God uh, and questions God's existence. It also attacks and seeks to undermine authority, where true authority, wherever it lies. Uh, especially where it's embodied in and expressed through the divine institutions, which we'll see from the word of God what each one of these are. And so uh, lawlessness hates authority and it is the spirit of Satan working in the world, and it is toxic, as we'll see, to our spiritual health. So we have to be very on guard against it. Uh, it's not just trying to make you disobey God. It, it, it actually wants to capture your heart so that you reject God's authority when you meet it, and you try and overthrow it. Um, and so lawlessness is not just about uh, our direct relationship with God, not submitting to God, it's actually to do with our relationship with human authorities, and that's often that we, what we find harder. But part of our submission, a big part of our submission to God, is actually submitting to the, the human authorities that carry the authority of God. Because all authority comes from God. Only God has absolute authority, but he delegates his authority to man. And man is meant to, as it were, co-rule or rule under, be God's vice-regent, rule under God with his authority. And God trusts human beings with the, that authority. 
And we are to submit, even though those human beings are imperfect, we are to honor that authority and submit to that authority where it is a true authority. And you cannot submit to God without also submitting to his authorities. And that's where some struggle. So God governs through his delegated authorities, through men, as well as speaking to us directly, of course. And this is where it gets complicated, because although these authorities are ordained by God, they themselves are sinful, and, and so they will mess up. And uh, those who are lawless, who reject authority, they, will, they are looking constantly to find fault with the authority, which is usually quite easy to do because we're all sin sinful. Uh, and on the basis of the failure of the authority, they will then move to undermine, ridicule, uh, and overthrow that authority. That is the nature of lawlessness. And so the Bible is very clear that the number one key almost to, to, for your life to go well is to understand and to honor God-ordained authority, that's the key, success in, key to success in your life. Exodus 20.12 talks about one of the key divine institutions, which is the family. And it says to the children, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So it's basically saying, uh, and Ephesians 6.3 quotes that and says, This is the first commandment with promise. The promise is blessing and long life, but that is conditioned on that you honor the authority. And it's particularly important as children because your, the authority of your parents as they represent God to you is the first way in which you meet authority. And so that is where you learn to respect and submit to authority and, and, and then you can apply those same principles in your other areas of authority. And so whether children honor their parents or not has a big effect on how well their life goes. Um, if they don't learn to, to relate to authority in that way, they'll probably relate badly to authority at work in, a, in other realms and nothing will go well for them. And so, James 4.12 again, it says, There is one lawgiver who is able both to save and to destroy. In other words, how you relate to that one lawgiver and his authority determines, really, whether you're on the, on the way to life or the way to destruction. And so, it, the, the, how you relate to God's government, including through delegated authorities, determines whether it goes well for you, because God enforces his law. There is no escape from the consequences. Lawlessness will kill you. Uh, but when you discern and submit to true authority, you're actually submitting to God. And that will bring you into blessing. But if you rebel against God's authority, then you'll, you'll head towards destruction. You see, authority, many people do not have a revelation of authority. Authority is the strongest thing that you'll meet in life. It flows from God's throne. It's, it's more important and significant than power. We're easily impressed by power. But authority represents God himself, whereas power simply re represents his act. So when to sin against authority is much more serious because you are sinning against God himself. Uh, and so it's important to recognize lawlessness, especially in our own heart, 
because that is, gives Satan access in our life. Um, how we relate to authority goes to the heart of who we are and, and, how, and who we will become and how it goes with us. Remember, only God has absolute inherent authority within himself, but he delegates this authority in different ways through the divine institutions. And so to rebel against God's authority in the divine institution is actually a serious issue because it is a rebellion against God's authority. God himself delegated that authority. So we must understand these divine institutions and respect them and not violate them. We need to defend them and uphold them. So I want to to look, start looking through the divine institutions today uh, and uh, generally speaking uh, they, they are real structures built into man's social existence created and introduced to the human race through God revealed by his word and they apply to all mankind uh, they didn't evolve they were created and they were there right from the beginning and they govern human existence Satan the God of this world he works through the spirit of lawlessness to undermine uh, the uh, all the divine institutions and where you see the the divine institutions under attack you know who's responsible um, God designed these divine institutions for the human race to benefit us to provide stability, to, to provide prosperity, peace, and blessing. Um, you know, praise God. Now, let's go to Romans 13, verse 1 and 2. And the, the, Although he's talking about the divine institution of government, it, it applies to all the divine institutions. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. In other words, submit to those in authority, for there is no authority except from God. So all authority comes from God. So when you submit to those authorities, you, you are submitting to God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. It will not go well for them. And um, I want you to notice that Paul spoke these words in the days of the Roman Empire and so he is not pretending that all authorities are perfect. In fact, um, they obviously are not. Uh, and even though the Roman Empire often it was oppressive in its authority, Paul still says, recognize and honor that authority and, and, and submit to it. Now, of course, when an authority tells you to do something that differs to to what God tells you to do in his word, then you submit to the higher authority, which is God's authority. But that doesn't mean you you lose you 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 still submit to, that is you have the right heart attitude and you honor the authority even if you can't obey the authority in that situation. And and you if if it's the price to pay you have to pay it. But nevertheless, Paul, even though the Roman Empire was a cause of persecution to, to the Christians, um, he still said, submit to the authorities. And actually, the Roman Empire, for whatever its faults were, it created 
a basic uh, atmosphere of peace and order in which the gospel could flourish. So God was able to, to use that. Whereas without authority, you just get chaos and anarchy and it's not possible to, to do much at all. And so God does not do all his government directly, but he governs through delegated human authorities and we are obliged to submit to them. Um, it's, God spreads his authority out, so no one authority should have too much power. Um, only God has absolute authority. Uh, all the other authorities are to operate within the boundaries that God sets. So that's why we need to understand the boundaries uh, of authority, because even a true authority can, can overstep its mark. Then it's being lawless, you know. Uh, and so um, whoever the authority is, if, if the policeman marches into your house and tells you to, uh, I don't know, uh, change your wallpaper, then obviously he's exceeding his authority. He's being lawless because he's not staying within the bounds that God sets. So you need to understand each divine institution has its boundaries. So let's, let's look at the first four divine institutions are what God introduced before the fall right at the beginning of time, even before mankind uh, sinned, which complicated the issue, God instituted these four realms of authority. And the first one, perhaps the most important, is, the, um, is free will. Um, this is the, uh, this is, we would call it freedom. Uh, this is the foundational area of delegated authority. This is the authority that you have over your own life, the right of dominion over your own life, over your surroundings. And all the other divine institutions, in a sense, uh, build on that as a, as a basic understanding. Um, and they are meant to respect that human freedom. They're not meant to override it. So when the state, for instance, overrides human freedom, then it's being lawless in that way because the fundamental divine institution is free will. Uh, and so it is the sphere of authority where an individual is responsible for the decisions he makes. Now let's go right into Genesis chapter 1. It's the very first one, verse 26. This is God's declaration. God said, let us make man in our image. There's the key word, in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over their environment, over the birds, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And the hint there, perhaps, is also dominion over Satan and his demons. And so, God is sovereign, which means God has authority, all authority, and we are in his image. So, if we're in his image, that means we have a degree of sovereignty ourselves over our own life and over our environment, over the home you live in for instance. Um, he entrusts us with a degree of sovereignty over our own life, and that's what we call free will. And that's a gift of God to us, which God takes very seriously. It's powerful. In fact, it determines your eternal destiny. You have the choice whether to accept God and accept Christ for your salvation or to reject God and go to hell for all eternity. God respects free will so much that he allows sin and he allows you to choose hell, even though he wants you to be in heaven with him for all eternity. But in the end, God will give you up to your own decision. The choice to obey 
or rebel against your creator. The choice to trust Christ or reject Christ and his blood. That's the number one choice. But you have so many other choices in your life, which God respects because he delegated that authority to you. Now, when God delegates or when anyone delegates authority, it doesn't really mean that you're totally free to do what you want. Because the whole idea of delegated authority is that if, if for instance, in our church, I, as the pastor, delegate authority to someone else, that, that doesn't mean they're free to do whatever they want. It means they are given that authority to act, but they are meant to act in submission to me, in, 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 in line with, with, the, um, with what I give them to do. And so then they are, are accountable to me. And so God gives man freedom, but he then is accountable to God as to how he uses that freedom, how he uses his power of choice. And so God gives us that power of choice, but we will all stand before God and be judged on how we have chosen in our life, how we've used our free will. And so once God delegates, he doesn't withdraw his authority from us, but he holds us accountable for how we use it. And we will face the consequences if we don't use our authority, our free will, in submission to his authority. And so we are his vice-regents. We are to meant to use our free will to, to govern, to, to live our life uh, in, as his representative, to seek to represent God in everything we do, to do it for his glory. Uh, but if, we're, if we choose to be independent from God, we are abusing our authority. So one of the major purposes of all the other divine institutions is actually to preserve freedom, the freedom of will in a society. When you're in a society where there is no freedom, that is telling you that the state has abused its authority. If a wife is in a, an abusive relationship where she has no freedom, that tells you that she, again, is a, has, there is an abusive authority there. Because abusive authority overreaches its boundaries, causing a loss of freedom. But the true authority is meant to, to maximize freedom. God wants man to be free. Um, but the more lawlessness affects a society, that freedom is lost. Because what, what happens is that the, 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 the human dignity and the freedom of man's will becomes subjugated to the state uh, in the name of the people, you know, uh, and, and so you begin to lose freedom and uh, the state becomes totalitarian. That's the worst case scenario. And usually that happens when the concept of God and God's truth is rejected by that society or by that leadership. And without the, the idea of God as the highest authority, who give, there is no basis anymore for us having a free will. Because without us being made in the image of God, that's the whole basis for our freedom and our authority. And, what, and so if the state rejects God and says it's the only authority, then you, then, then it has... The, the basis to crush this divine institution and so people find themselves powerless uh, under this crippling authority of the state and so that's an abusive authority um, 
Well, just talking about free will, just one other example of, of, a, of an abuse of that authority. There's a scripture that says, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And that always, always puzzled me. Rebellion is rejection of authority. Witchcraft, you see, is whenever someone attempts to control or override your free will or someone else's free will by manipulation, by intimidation. That's, that, there's a fleshly form of it. It's a work of the flesh in Galatians. But also witchcraft can be a, invoking spiritual power to get your way, like putting a curse on someone or something like that. that is all under the spirit of witchcraft and what you're what that person is actually doing is that by controlling or overriding a person's free will that is just like rebellion because rebellion is again overriding the authority of a person's free will rebellion is to reject god's authority including the authority that god put in a person uh, each person, people, person, we should respect them. We should honor them as beings in the image of God and respect the authority they have over their own life. We may try and persuade them, but we can't force them. We can't control them. We shouldn't try. And so that's the spirit of witchcraft. It's also rebellion against the authority that God gave them. And if people operate in witchcraft, in intimidation, manipulation, curses, and so forth, they will find themselves coming under a curse. It will not go well with you if you operate that way, because in the end, people see through controllers, however well they disguise it, and, and then they, there's a revulsion that comes in their soul against that controller. And it, it always ends badly for controllers, even if they get some short-term benefit. So this is the first divine institution, free will, which we need to emphasize particularly. And we need to respect each other's free will uh, and freedom. Uh, and next time we're going to pick up and we're going to cover the other uh, divine institutions. And I trust this will really open up the word of God for you. If you go to our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you'll see on the online shop all the different products we have available, books, CDs, DVDs. I just wanted to draw your attention that we have a number of special DVDs available on, on about different locations in Israel and uh, about Bible chronology and other subjects. On top of that, we actually have over 500 different DVDs available of all the TV programs we've ever done on different subjects. Now, there are too many of them to kind of list to you, but you can phone the office, you can send an email to us, uh, at uh, obc.church at yahoo.co.uk uh, and you can ask for a list of all our DVDs and then you can perhaps order the ones that take your fancy. Thank you for watching. Join with us at Oxford Bible Church every Sunday at 11am Greenwich Mean Time for our live stream service or join us at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, ox 37 qh you can watch more of our teachings on our Roku channel and Derek Walker's YouTube channel. All Derek Walker's books are available in printed and Kindle versions in all Amazons worldwide or online with other great products, where you can also support our programs at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.